Welcome back to the 3M Sports Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Trace Mahan. We have a phenomenal show for you guys today. Alex Murtha, Charlie Robson, the creators of Right Music are joining us again on the podcast to discuss their new album, A Synonym For. It's a fantastic album. I highly recommend it. You can listen to it on all music platforms, including Apple Music and Spotify. So, Go give those songs a listen. Give the uh, album a download and check out their store, right.com slash store. That's rjght.com slash store to buy some of their merch. I got a long sleeve tee. It looks amazing. It feels great. It fits nice. So go support their stuff and uh, give that album a listen. We also have Tyler Albright joining me on the podcast today. Just at the tail end of the pod, we do about... Yeah, 10, 15 minutes with Albright because he's a huge Chelsea fan. And a couple weekends ago, they took home the Champions League Cup. So he's going to join us to tell us what it feels like to be a winner since Bernetti and I both root for like the Bengals and the Jets. And we don't know what winning a professional sports championship is like. So stay tuned for Tyler Albright and then catch Bernetti and I at the tail end of the podcast. Uh, we'll talk about Julio Jones of the Titans, our NBA Finals predictions, and we'll give out our prestigious Red Foreman Award. That's all I got for you guys today. I can't wait to get to write music and Albright at the end of the podcast. It's a great pod, like I said. I'm so excited. I'm not going to hold you any longer. Bernetti, on the on a side note, Bernetti did not make the right music interview. He was caught up at work, but he joins me at the back end of the podcast with Albright and to discuss our our closing thoughts. So I'm done talking. I can't wait to get to these guys. But first, before we hear the interview with them, we have to let their hit song, Explain, play us into the pod. special guests it's charlie robson and alex murtha the creators of right music they just dropped an album called a synonym for it's on apple or it's on apple we're on apple pods it's on spotify and you can get it pretty much wherever you'd like it's an amazing album what do you guys got like 12 songs i think's on there yeah. yeah, their their hit song "Explain" that's been out for a while. That's the intro to the pod you guys just heard. It's it's on there. They got "Happy" on there as well, and then they got ten other just amazing songs. I love it. We're gonna talk about all of it, but first, make sure you check out right.com. That's R J G H T dot com and write music on Instagram. Go give them a follow. Go listen to their music. Go buy some merch. As you can see, well. The three of us can see, at least it's a podcast no one else can see. We're all rocking the right music gear. Charlie's got the hat on. Mirtha's got the uh, the RJ sweatshirt on. I'm wearing the long sleeve tee. Uh, on my tee, a synonym for the album covers on the back of it. It's a sweet shirt. It fits real well. Highly recommend it. Let's introduce the guys here, Charlie and Alex. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Doing good. Doing all right, brother. Happy to uh, be back. Bernetti could not make it in time to start here. He got caught up at work, so he might join us halfway through. If not, you'll hear him on the back end of the pod when we talk a little bit of football after we get this uh, this music business out of the way. So 
Out we're of gonna the way. start. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, sorry, sorry. Poor, poor choice of words, but this is this is definitely uh, the most exciting part of the podcast here, and it's because you got an album coming out. You're two friends of mine, the only people I know with a legitimate music album out there. It's called a synonym for. I have an idea why it's called that. Can I kind of lay it out there before you guys explain the name? Go ahead. Sure. All right. So last time we talked to you guys, you said I asked you what kind of genre of music you like you would consider right music to be, and you couldn't really give me an answer. You said it was a little bit of a like a hodgepodge or an original sound. Is it called a synonym for because it's like it's similar to some genres of music, but it's not actually one of them? Or am I just way off? Shock. Uh, <laughs> way off. I can be uh, way off. That's all right. Uh, yeah, no. That's not <laughs> why. <laughs> I, got, I was driving home in the car, and I was like, yes, I figured it out. All right. Shock, I like that. I like, yeah. for the record, I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it, was, like, it kind of lines up, at least. Like, it wasn't the worst, yeah. guess. But, Chuck, lay it out there for me. A synonym for How would you guys think of that? Um. So, we decided that we were going to do one word titles and that um the album would be called a synonym for and each song would be a synonym for a different you know emotion or mood or uh, okay some type of um you know feeling so it was kind of like a synonym for explain for example is is the way that we feel about music so it was a way that we explain like the song itself is the way that we explain. Okay. So the song itself is a synonym for explain. That's clever. I was kind of going down that path at first and I was like, no, I think I like the other, the other idea. Well, <laughs> that's right. Trust <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I couldn't decide, but that's okay. So Alex, uh, before we were, uh, we started recording, we were talking and Charlie was telling me that you guys kind of mixed up like what songs you took lead on and then you would send them to the other one and you guys would like finish them up and then put them on your album. If you like that, what songs did you work on on the album specifically? And then what was your favorite one that you, uh, that you cooked up? Oh, okay. So like which ones originated from like my ideas? And yeah. Then... Yeah. Like your own brain. <laughs> I to All right, I'm going to have to go through. So explain I know was one. like a, explain was like a fifth. Well, yeah, there's one. Uh, but explain was like a 50 50 so that one's like like chuck and i cooked that up in the same room together simultaneously so that's kind of like the outlier um elevate was (laughs) elevate was originally (laughs) this like hardcore trap beat like it was a trap beat that i made like crazy (laughs) hi-hats like crazy 808 bass like oh dude (laughs) I had I to. Uh, imagine that. I had to <laughs> diplomatically steer us away from that direction on the song. <laughs> he yeah, told me very nicely. He told me very nicely that it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so amazing that one, now. That one, yeah, that one. Um, after the redirection, we kind of wanted to go with something that was a little bit more like, uh, like "What's the Use" by Mac Miller, or more like any sort of Anderson Pack song type thing. So we steered towards that. Then, uh, going through the next one, intros kind of again 50 50. Um, that was the product of intro, you called it intro, it's aware. Oh, 
Yeah. How many of these? All right, we have, sorry, for, for the listeners at home, we have, like, the names that we called them, the working titles, and it was the intro for Explain It, so we just called it intro. So I'm going to slip, I guarantee, like, five or six yeah, other times. That's all right. Um, I mean, you guys put, like, so much time into this. So last yeah. time we talked, I want to talk about your guys' trip to L.A. Because last time we talked, you guys were heading out to L.A. to meet up with your producer, Raj, and it sounds like you guys went through musical hell to get this album out. So, Charlie, just you were explaining it to me a little bit before, but just go through that trip because it sounded crazy and you guys sound like you slept very little and worked very hard. Yeah, I mean, we basically got there at like probably, I think we landed in the afternoon around like six and got to the studio probably around 8 p.m., and then it was like all, all, all systems go. And we just started getting after it because we knew that we either had to finish it on this trip or book another trip and get studio time again and do, you know, book flights again and do the whole, the whole thing. So we knew that it was grind time. And so we, we just got after it. And I think we went until like four in the morning on Friday night and then got a little bit of sleep, got some breakfast, started at probably 10 a.m. on Saturday, went till, well, I went till like 1 a.m. Alex and Raj stayed up doing some timing, I believe. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what I told, Yeah, I think we were doing timing at that point. So by timing, we mean just like timing up the tracks to like make sure everything's, you know, hitting on the beat. <laughs> And they finished about 4 a.m., I believe, again, 4 or 5. And then I took off at, like, I think I had to leave the studio at 10 a.m. on Sunday. And we got, like, two hours of work before I left in with the three of us. And then I left, and then they went on until, like, when was your flight out, Alex? Can I? Yeah, I'm going to take over because that was so (laughs) – um that was was change wasn't it yeah so this was like sunday so this is this is a fun story so the song changed the one you were saying you like that one that's the one with eson on it i love that one that was one eson's on that yeah i was gonna ask you okay yeah yeah so that's that's eson walker (laughs) (laughs) no i was about to say like charlie how'd you hit that unless charlie became a gospel singer dude that's not charlie that's definitely not me so that was one that charlie had originally wrote and we tracked Isan's vocals to it and like over the summer, like last summer, 2020. So way before we even went out to LA and we just put it aside. Cause we're like, we'll deal with that one later. We have some other stuff we want to work on. Comes back to LA time. And we realized that we absolutely love everything that Isan did, but we hated all of the music behind <laughs> it. So we were like at LA, we were, totally in the mindset of if we get to that song, we get to that song. If we don't get to that song, it's just gone off the album, like entirely. So Sunday rolls around and we hadn't touched it at all, all weekend. And we were like, all right, what are we doing? Like go time or no go time. And Chuck and I are just like sitting, he's at the piano, I'm at the guitar. And we're just like thinking about stuff. And he hits like some sort of cool lick that gives me an idea for a rhythm. And then that rhythm becomes that opening guitar part on the song. And so then as soon as we got that, we were like, all right, we're cooking, we're cooking. And then 
uh, we threw on a baseline on it and like on the chorus, the slap thing. Before you, before you keep going on it, Alex, this was yeah. the first time in probably like a fucking, sorry, excuse me. No, you this can go for it. The, Fuck the, shit. <laughs> this was the first time in probably a year maybe that we had been like really like making something from scratch together and it would just like we took off man <laughs> it clicked awesome. dude it clicked and ran but anyway so like with that we we kept going with it but then charlie like he said had to leave and so then it was like me and ryan we were like all right well we've decided that we're not scrapping this song but we have like two tracks down for it like we don't have a song at all so he and i stayed up from, we probably started working on it at like 10 or 11 o'clock and I we didn't stop working on it until I ordered my uber at six in the morning to go to LAX to fly out so I went like from what time did we get up Sunday like maybe 10 a.m 10 to 6 a.m the next day just working yeah. you made a song a day we and did we fire. literally did oh yeah. we did it's fire it's one yeah. of my favorite songs on the album yeah thank well, you if, if you guys haven't heard it yet, stop what you're doing right now. Pause my podcast. Go listen to this song, and you'll know exactly what they're talking about. It's a great song. I love it. It's called Change. And uh, listen to all the other ones, too. So, Mirtha, I want to ask you about uh, the song What's uh, Day. Yes, Day. Yeah. So, Day is like – so, when I first heard Day, I was like, okay, I'm not, like, too into the instrumental-only songs. Like, I like the I like the ones with the vocals. And then I just, I just kept listening to it. I was like, all right, I'll give it another shot when I run through the album again. And I notice when the song hits like two minutes or so, I just start feeling it. I mean, it just gets me going. It puts me in a great mood. I mean, Mirtha's shredding the guitar. And the only thing I could think of was, uh, have you guys seen the School Rock movie? Yeah. 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 The only thing I could think of is when Jack Black, who's I mean, he's playing, well, he's imitating Ned Schneble, <laughs> was telling Zach to just drop face melters, and I was like, Mirtha's <laughs> dropping face melters right here. Oh my god! I was <laughs> Thank <feeling> you, dude. <laughs> it. And so it started making me think of the like. So when you release your videos on Instagram, you always make your guitar faces, and I love them. Do you realize like how? much those faces enhance the quality of your videos and your music <laughs> no. <laughs> no is that something you I just do like, for feel no like i i can't i literally cannot control it like it, it is absolutely involuntary at that point they're so funny i've got like a love-hate relationship because they're hilarious i love but i feel like i look just like an ugly Dude, weirdo whenever i'm no making one, them it's also so funny no one has seen the mirth like stank face like i have Mm -hmm. No stank face. No instead one. Of, instead of face melters, <laughs> we'll call them face makers because <laughs> yeah. so, I like that. I, well, I thought it was funny because I went to write.com to order this shirt the other day. And by the way, go order one. Um, and like on your uh, website, the it's just in the big uh, cover page. It's you guys playing somewhere, I think. Mm -hmm. And Charlie, you look so like serious and focused up there, and then Mirtha just looks like he's in the absolute zone. <laughs> so that video so on our website is actually us recording day. Uh, <laughs> so oddly That's enough, perfect. that that is Mirtha in the zone, yeah. just getting after it. Recording. Oh my god, that, that is song. perfect. And me, yeah, like sitting there, like don't mess up because this is really good day. <laughs> 
That is perfect. I love it. I, that, I mean, that could not have lined up any better. I thought you were going to say explain or something. No, <laughs> no, no perfect. Was, perfect segue. That was last recording day. <laughs> so, Chai, what's your favorite song on the album? Can you even choose one? Uh, I mean, I, me, I'd rather go, wait, not. Chuck, Chuck, go, I'd rather, no, go for it. I'd rather not choose oh, one. Come on, uh, give the people. Give the people. You, uh, okay. you got to throw one out. Or what? What was the one that was most fun to record? How about no, that? That's all right. That's a good. That's a better question. That's a better question. That's a good question. Um, I think the one that we had the most fun making was probably work. Uh, at least okay. I think I had the most fun recording work because it was, it was, a very successful. Um, try at the um the vir virtual recording okay. we we did a really good job of like that one we barely worked together when we ever recorded any of i don't think stuff. we ever did i don't think at any point you and i were in the same room yeah so, so charlie run yeah run through how you recorded like uh, uh on, in separate locations so for reference charlie's in denver and alex is in alabama so they obviously can't meet up and record all the time that's why they got to go to places like la and nashville so charlie you were explaining this a little bit to me earlier give the listeners like an inside peek of how you guys can compile different tracks like that and form like amazing music so like in the instance of work basically i i sent alex a beat that i had kind of made and fleshed out and it had those synths and some of those drums um and had some other stuff in it so uh, the conga sample that's in there it had that and then i sent that to alex and alex i actually was going through the other day our attachments and the original the very first file of work that i sent you was it was called i'm sorry <laughs> why <laughs> because i was saying i'm sorry that i had to make this because it's so fucking good. <laughs> so it was called I'm Sorry. And I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember um, like what it was. And I clicked on it and it opened up and it was work. And I was like, oh my God, that's hilarious. That's so funny. But I sent that to Alex and then he was like, oh, bet. Like recorded a baseline, sent that back to me. I put that in and then we kind of sidelined it for a bit. We didn't know what to do with it. And then one day Alex just sent me the whole entire instrumental for the back half and was just like, okay. what do you think about this? And I was like, that is so raw. Like that is so that sick. Is sweet. It and was so a great then song. I, I took the drum beat and put it on the back half and it like sounded like a completely different drum beat. And so we knew right then and there, we were like, this is it. This is sweet. Yeah. And so then we got together, wrote lyrics and uh, recorded the lyrics in, in um, LA. But we also recorded like the acoustic guitar for it at the beginning, like the Spanish guitar in Nashville. I'm taking my words back. We did work on it. So we did work point. on it together a little bit. But that's kind of like to, yeah, that's kind of your to answer your question, Trace, our workflow is kind of like that, where we'll just send each other where we're at 
and we get to a stopping point and then the other one just kind of picks up off of it. So it's all, it's all so easy with the advent of digital recording. It is so easy to do it. Like it cost me probably $400 to have the set plus like a gear and stuff, but $400 to have the setup to be able to do it. Yeah. That's awesome. So in work toward the end of it with uh, just in the instrumental portion, there's, it's a, it's a man talking and he's, it sounds like an older man. It sounds like he's talking about a band from like the 1960s, right? It, it says like he's unique. It sounds like an R and B band, but they're not, There's something else. So who's that talking and what bands he talking about? Because Alex, at first so I thought it was, you, you I thought it was like you Alex. narrating like what your music group is supposed to be about. But then he starts talking about the 1960s. I was like, Oh, well, these guys weren't around then. <laughs> so I am very into the Grateful Dead. And so that okay. is an interview by this uh, jazz musician called Branford Marsalis. And he, uh, he's a trumpeter and he played with the dead for a little bit. And so he's talking about their whole process because they take in a lot of different stuff. Like they took in like folk, they took in the jazz stuff, they took in blues stuff, they took it in from everywhere. And so that kind of summed up to me what we were trying to do, you know? Okay. And so I felt like it fit perfectly. Yeah, so I definitely missed on the album name, like what I thought that meant, but I totally picked up on that. You picked that up on I, Yeah, I picked up on that one. I was like, this is definitely like describing them as a music group right now. Yeah. So that yeah. was cool. I like that little thing. What were you going to say about it, Charlie? I was just going to say that Alex just like sent me the video and he was like, what do you think of this? And I thought it was just him like trying to send me something cool. Like he just sent me the, the actual video that we pulled the audio from. And I thought it was just him trying to like show me something cool because we send all types of shit to each other all the time. And I was just like, that's really cool. Like that sounds like us. And he was like, right? Like it, it does sound like us. And then he sent a version of work and he was like, go to this part. And I heard it and he had it cut up just like that. And it was like a little grainy, like it needed some touching up on the in terms of like the quality to really make it stand out like it does but it i mean first time i heard it i was like that is it because we dope. needed something to fill that space already yeah and we knew we didn't have lyrics for it and it just felt a little empty and i was like that is it yeah, yeah that was tough that was a really good addition the way to go martha your musical hey, mind's going to work so <laughs> when I'm assuming not everything went smoothly. Like there had to have been some disagreements and maybe even some arguments when like, so who, how does one, how do one either you guys tell the other, like if they think something's awesome and you're like, nah, this sucks. Like I'll (laughs) give that one to, yeah, go for it, Charlie. (laughs) We honestly have a pretty, like, we don't take it personal. Okay. That's like, I, I think that we, we both, respect each other's taste so much and like respect each other's talent so much that um we like we really don't take it personal if someone says like i'm really not feeling that like it's it's just something that like you know we're in a duo and he filters out some really good bullshit of mine and i filter out some really good bullshit of his like we both do a really good job of sometimes you need that checks and balance of like, that's, that ain't it. <laughs> yeah. It's hard working with Bernetti. Cause I have no respect for him. So, uh, <laughs> like, 
I can't really filter out. He's his just bullshit. not even showing up anymore. Yeah, exactly. He's just no show on the podcast. I mean, we've had this plan for forever. But yeah, he's just full but of bullshit. So I'm trying to even think if there was any time that you and I like seriously. The only seriously disagreed. The only time that's coming to mind is the elevate thing because you dug your heels in a little bit on the trap. And I, I just, I, 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 you had totally valid reason to, because yeah. you want, like, it was back to the idea that we were trying to push boundaries of what music genres we were going yeah. for. And you were like, Hey, like this, this style of rap is really popular. Now we should try to incorporate it. Like so I wanted that to one. We had a little bit of a head, but rap be impossible. Like that's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted it to be ignorant. And then we were going to go into something a little more intricate. Oh, we had a whole choir section planned. Yeah, it was like in like those jazzy chords, like the yeah. I forgot about that. And that would have been pretty tight, but at the end of the day, Elevate is. I am so happy that we scrapped it. Like, yeah, and so that's like the prime example of exactly you know like trusting each other's example. vision. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's my favorite song on the album, other than Explained. But I think we all—it's literally our podcast song, so I think we all know how I, how I feel about explain. <laughs> so now that you guys are done and you put all this work in, did like, do you, can you even like look at the album or like the songs that you just created? Or is you need like a little bit of time away? Because I'm sure it's a little sickening to think back <laughs> at how much you grinded, but it's also probably refreshing to, you know, see the work that this album's doing. It's cool. It's really cool. Um, it took a little bit like it didn't i i kind of felt this way too with when we released the other songs like it didn't hit as much when it first dropped on spotify for me because i'd heard it ten thousand times beforehand and knew it, like what was gonna happen when um so immediately right when the album dropped i wasn't like overcome with some sense of i need to listen to this constantly because this is so good i gave it like probably a week and then after that i re-listened to it and it was it was it was really cool so had you listened so after you like finished recording everything and put the album together but hadn't released it you listened to the whole thing through then right yeah oh yeah it wouldn't be like an actor like watch it or like acting out a scene but then like first seeing the actual film like when it's done right no we had we had the we had the final product yeah with us probably Mm -hmm. for three months before it was released or two months I think really the thing that did it for me was that we tried, we were trying to get the album order down right. And to do that, I would listen to the entire album in the order that we had like guessed at. And we probably went through like five or six different iterations. So I had heard it all the way through so many times. How'd you settle on the exact order that it is now? I'm kind of curious about that. That's it. Well, we, we, we decided that we definitely wanted to, have some of the harder hitters up front yeah and then uh so that's why like work here happy elevate to start is a pretty like some nice that's a nice starting four right there yeah yeah so that was that was how we kind of felt about it too was putting a couple hard hitters up front and then intro goes right into explain we knew we wanted to explain kind of in the middle of the album that was always something that we kind of knew we wanted to do and then intro goes right with explain those two are together and then we knew we had kind of decided that we wanted to end with horizon 
Um, so then it was just finishing those last those last three spots with Y, Singularities, and Day. Yeah, Dude. and a lot of that was actually like, my parents helped out a ton on that. Yeah, They have this really, really, really good intuition for it. Yeah. That's so awesome. I don't think we would have ever considered Horizon to be the last song until my mom like told me that this yeah, is the perfect actually. end credit song. So yeah, and once, I mean, once she said up, that, we were ready to it go. Ended up, it ended up that the last sound on our album is a beer opening. That's what I was just about to say. I was like that. I was listening to it today and it ended. And I was like, wait, I didn't catch that the first time. I was like, this has to be an alcohol that's, beverage. That's actually like, a beer. A that's a Bud Light in Nashville. That was oh, yeah. so funny. Yeah, because Bud Light in Nashville. Yeah, we got that take and it sounded like we had it playing through this probably like what? Total with the speaker's $100,000 rig. Yeah. like easily <laughs> and uh, the guy who was with us who was shooting uh mike who was with us shooting some video photos shout and stuff, out shout out mike grace he like just cracked it open and raj and i were outside and we just looked at each other and thought like that belonged in, like a pepsi commercial or anything <laughs> or like a beer commercial like instantly yeah it was awesome i mean it's like it's kind of like you just finished a like hard ass project. Now it's time to like kick your feet up, enjoy yeah. a beer and like enjoy what you're releasing. Exactly. I love it guys. Well, so I don't have too much left for you. Cause we, I know you're busy guys. Mirth has got guitar lessons to give out. <laughs> um, I do want to yeah, ask, take guitar lessons from Mirtha. <laughs> yeah. You can use the money. Um, <laughs> all, all the proceeds go back to right. All the proceeds go <laughs> yeah, back to right. The money. Get Love out of here. Cool. <laughs> um, so you dropped your first album. You dropped a couple singles before that. They all seem to be doing pretty well. Are you guys already thinking about the next one, or are you just taking some time off and then you'll you'll think about that a little bit more down the road? It's a little bit of both. You know, I think, like I think we're passively thinking about the next one. Right. Like we we're still finishing this one, dude. We have to do all of the PR and playlist pitching and everything that's associated with releasing an album. Um, Oh, actually talk about that real quick. Cause I don't, I don't know anything about that. I would have asked a question earlier. Oh my God, dude. Nothing is worse. Nothing is worse than trying to playlist pitch your song. So I think it was easier in the old days when you printed out a fucking poster and just like posted it all over town. (laughs) You should try (laughs) Dude, it is. It's like you get to levels of like, like just being creepy man like it's weird so you have to all right here's here's the way that we do it so you go on to spotify and you search what type of playlist like you want to be on you're like okay driving playlist night driving playlist okay type night driving in find the playlist chill wave indie pop whatever whatever but you find the playlist and then you have to find one that's like not made by a company you have to find one that's made by a person whose username is like a real name, click on their real name, find their profile picture, go on to Instagram, find them on Instagram. Sometimes you can't find them on Instagram. So you have to go into their followers on Spotify, find one of their followers, find the follower on Instagram, then see if they follow each. Dude, it is like a nightmare. And then DM them and get like a 2% success rate on return. Yeah, hopefully uh, these people, whenever you find their Instagram account, aren't like 14. If they if they've got a lot of followers on Spotify, I don't discriminate. Yeah, there's no problem. You know? If that is got a bunch of followers on a playlist, playlist, right. It's a playlist. I, I think it's that's funny. Gotta, 
that's the, that's the method. It's terrible. It's like you just feel like scummy after you've done yeah, it. Yeah, I bet. But you I have to. You have to do it. That's that. the only way you can do it. Yeah. Thanks. I uh, Charlie said indie pop and chill wave, and I've definitely searched Apple for just like chill playlists, <laughs> <laughs> like drive it or something like that. Everyone so, does. Uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta think about like what people look up when you when you actually look up the playlist. Like, what what is someone some idiot who doesn't know beach what music? They're, what they're looking for look up like, yeah go <laughs> go lake music or something like that it's almost yeah. it's summertime yeah. now. lake lake day summer yes. vibes yeah dude actually about that you asked us do you remember last pod you asked us about yeah yeah album of the summer album of the summer album of the summer i'm totally gonna listen to it all summer long i'm not gonna say it's not but like it's may 28th yeah. dude if that's an album of the summer if i've ever heard it i mean i'm gonna be going to the lake here shortly i'll be blasting that thing for sure you I mean, be not like elevate and day or what? Oh yeah, <laughs> elevate day, happy, explain, of course, work, yeah, all of them, every single except maybe not a what's the somber one? That's more, more, <laughs> yeah. That might be for like leaving the lake after I'm sad that it's over. That sounds about right. Let's <laughs> play that one on loop. That's perfect. That's well, guys, perfect. you got anything to plug before we get out of here? I know, I'm sure you do. Buy uh, our merch. If you miss this entire album. podcast, we have an album out, uh, yeah. but that's about it. And merch. Yeah. 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 Right.com, right? Go to right.com. Right.com. That's got the links to the, the, the album on Spotify. It's got the links to the, the merch right there on the album. I think it's right.com slash store. Um, okay. we're, fan, we're fancy like that. We yeah, just that's got cool. like easy easy URLs, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it makes it easy for idiots like myself. Charlie, I saw you put something on your as a story. It literally took you like forty seconds to go. Yeah, yeah. To go, 20, uh, what was it? Pre-save the album. I think it was twenty-six yeah. to be exact. But yeah, so it doesn't take much longer to order a shirt or something. And they're hella comfy. Hey. No, well, nice. sweatshirts oh. are great. Also, remember that's R J G H T, so people don't get that confused with a J. Yeah, with a J. Right, with a J. Well, guys, thanks for coming on the pod again, man. It's it was a blast the first time. This one was a blast too. We'll uh we'll stay in touch and we'll definitely keep you uh keep you in our sights. We'll keep you on again later. We miss Bernetti, but we appreciate you having us on, man. Yeah, yeah no problem. It's Ber- that's Bernetti's loss, man. He needs to plan his shit out better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's later, it. fellas. All right, see you, man. Thank you again to Write Music for joining us. Charlie and Alex were fantastic on the podcast once again. Remember, check out their album on Apple and Spotify. It's called A Synonym For. It's amazing. I love it. Go to write.com. That's R-J-G-H-T. Get some of their merch. Check out some of their stuff. Even just check out the website. The website's pretty cool. Um, Also, remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and on Apple Pods and Spotify. We need those five-star reviews. We need those subscriptions because once we get some of those up, then Spotify and Apple Pods will just start putting our podcasts out there. We'll get more and more listeners. Uh, we really appreciate all of our listeners. Follow us on Instagram at 3MB Sports. That's at the number 3MB underscore sports on both Twitter and Instagram. We'll be putting out some clips of our, our interviews there. So now that we got some of that uh, housekeeping stuff covered, we will now get to my buddy, Tyler Albright. Welcome to my old college roommate. He's back on the podcast. He's here for a short little 10-minute spurt. We had to give him his shine. It's also his birthday today. We're recording this Wednesday, June oh, happy 9th. happy birthday. 
Yeah. Hey, thanks, oh yeah. Man. Happy birthday. Nicest day of the year, boys. Yes, sir. The good old uh, June 9th. Nothing better. <laughs> it's Tyler Albright. He is a huge Chelsea fan. And little does do some people know, they just won the Champions League Cup not too long ago. What was that? Two Saturdays ago. We had to give him some of his shine on the pod because he's a diehard Chelsea fan. And he deserves about 10 minutes to talk about it. Albright, how's it feel to be a champ? Dude, it's one of those things where it's like, it's those just profound moments of sport, you know, when you follow a team for so long and you just, you watch a team develop, you watch the players develop and the whole system, it's been a tumultuous year. So for it to wrap up so nicely with this really nice bow, especially after the two weeks leading up to it, you lost another cup final, you're teetering on the brink of losing top four and you lose your final match day. That whole story, it led up to just, oh God, here we go again. But it's one of those, again, moments you don't really expect in a moment of magic, if you will. It's way different than 2012. You even flip the numbers. I mean, 2021, it's a new side. It's a new day. And I didn't see this coming. I told everybody up until this point, I'm like, yeah, they signed Havertz and Werner and Zeke, and they're really looking to make a push. Silva, great. Give it two, three years. It's not going to work this year. I'm happy to say I'm wrong. It's one of those things you love to be just totally wrong about. But, yeah. Now, like, so you had the Cavs in 20, what was that, 16 win. 16. And now you have your your favorite professional soccer team win a cup. Which one felt sweeter? All right. So that's a very biased question. Yeah. Oh, it it matters. I mean, look, I I love Chelsea to death. But at the same time, I've never – I mean, I was downtown Cleveland for it at outside at the watch party. If you didn't ESPN say Cleveland, I was going to make so much fun of you. No, 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 no. That I've, I've never seen something like that. And that's something yeah. I don't think I'll ever see again until hell freezes over and the Cleveland Browns lift the Lombardi. Because the city's going to burn to the ground. Why do you think that when hell freezes over, the Browns get to win the Super Bowl? I guess the Bengals and the Browns yeah. will have to see you. Or the Jets, no. all three of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one no. of us we got one. We have one. Don't worry, we have one. Oh yeah, good old uh, Broadway, Broadway Joe. Joe. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> so talking about the season, last time we talked, I think it was two, it was either Tuchel was just appointed or Lampard was still the coach, and that really was like the changing point in the season. I mean, you guys were what like sixth place in the table in the Premier League. You guys had a you're, luckily Robert Lewandowski went out in the Champions League and they weren't able to beat PSG because in my opinion Bayern was the best. But I mean, yeah, talk about that and how how Tuchel is now your your golden manager. So it's so bizarre in the history of teams how there are some patterns that repeat, right? So 2012, you look at it, manager sacked halfway through the season, and Di Matteo takes over, right? He was a caretaker. This season, very tumultuous, yet it sucks that they had to fire Lampard. Again, he was not the right guy for the job. He wasn't awful. You don't put a guy who has one proven season, you don't put him in the limelight. He's a club legend. He's an absolute hero for what he had done in the previous era, really. Mm -hmm. And so you see this pattern, and then, again, you talk about beating Pep. There was that Torres goal in 2012 in the semifinal second leg against Barca 
Pep goes to the water bottle. And you saw it again. Kai Havertz rounds the goalkeeper. Pep goes to the water bottle. Those two instances were like, there's something different about just like, I, I don't want to say a divine intervention in this because that doesn't do it justice, but you have these weird moments that coincide so closely. But I will say the stark difference between 2012 and 2021, and this has been a big thing going around a lot of like Chelsea Twitter right now is 2012 was the end of an era. You had Terry that was going past his prime. You had, I guess, Gary Cahill at the time who was starting to gain rise. Drogba was leaving. Lampard was aging. Um, Torres was aging. You had all of these guys that were instrumental to the team that were past their prime and were starting to be on the way out. 2021, it, it was a young core. You have Mason Mount, Christian Pulisic, Timo Werner at 25, Kai Havertz at 21. Uh, just all of these guys, Reese James at 22. All of these guys are incredibly young and they're going to be a staple of the lineup for years to come. I don't think this is the last you're going to hear of this team. Certainly not, but they're going to be making some noise well, for yeah. a long time. They'll play next year. <laughs> well, I also want to talk about it because you name a bunch of young talent. There's there's rumors that uh, Holland could be potentially a top target for you guys. Where does that leave Christian Pulisic? That I really think it goes down to formation change. What it seems like because they're flirting with Hakimi to right wing back out of Inter Milan. It it seems like they're really going to go with that back three and possibly put, play wing backs. But with that, you saw it this season, Tuchel didn't, I, I don't know. It seemed like he was, sometimes he was playing two forwards. Sometimes he was playing just a false nine and two wingers. I, I don't know where this leaves Pulisic I, in the equation. Clearly he's shown his worth. I mean, one, props to him for, in the whole team effort, he had an instrumental goal against Real Madrid. Absolutely incredible. That pushed him through. And then you have, like, he's, he won two continents, club and country, in eight days. Yeah. And, 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 he, and, he, and he had the winning PK. <laughs> Top crazy. media, upper 90. It was amazing. Yeah. You talk about some stones to put yeah. it. Where the, what? I forget who said it. I want to say Stu Holden, but where the spiders live. That was a pretty <laughs> sweet place to that was, that Yeah, that was an unsavable PK. If you guys haven't seen it, the Nations League final against our rival Mexico on Sunday, he put it upper 90 in the PK. And what? It was, it was in extra time. In the like 112, yeah, 18. So there was, it, it was, was the game was, yeah, it was very late. He put us through very clutch, but I'm also worried about him and his future at Chelsea because if you guys get Holland, that's probably meaning Timo Werner's also moving to the wing. And that means you just have endless wingers. So it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do with, with him. And if, if another club's going to come in, I've heard that like Bayern, Bayern might be interested in him. So We'll see. Byron have been trying to pick off Chelsea swingers for the last three seasons. They want Hudson Adoy to no end. And then, you know, this is where I think at least next season, depth is going to be the key if they want to sustain anything. They're going to be playing in six competitions come Christmas, yeah. right? So you have to have a ton of squad depth. And I don't think there's going to be any shortage of minutes. What's going to be difficult is where exactly he's looking to find those minutes. Is it Premier League? Is it Champions League? But that being said, Tuchel is a tactical game-by-game -game manager. He's not – we're going to – like, he's not a player's manager, at least to me it doesn't seem. 
So he's going to address everything game by game. And where Pulisic can find space on the wing, he's going to slot in. But again, I guess this also goes to his own personal like performance. He has been the perfect definition right now of a super sub. He would come in at the 70th minute, fresh legs, and he would disrupt, create chances. He was all over the place. But you try and play him for 90, and he was going out there laying duds. He was disappearing. He was missing chances. He's just all over the place. So it's got to be some kind of in the middle where he can sustain 90 minutes of top class performance, or he's going to have to be comfortable coming off the bench to a certain extent. We'll see though. He's definitely one of those guys that's going to be in the side, but where he winds up, I don't know. I don't think by any means on their list on the way up though. With, with all your, your competitions and matches, if the over-under is 121 offsides calls for Timo Werner, that's an easy over, right? <laughs> Dude, I'd be betting on the goal tally in that one, too. My man, he had eight Premier League goals, and he had 12 disallowed. That poor guy, I mean, I'm telling you, once he figures it out, he's going to be a disruptor. I loved him in the Bundesliga, but again, there's a huge difference. It's mm-hmm. not as physically demanding. You have a lot of space because center backs are playing high lines. So that was, he was able to run and just round the keeper. He just well, needs confidence back. All right. Also, we're going to transition here. I want to talk a little bit about the Euro. The Euro is it starts Friday. We have Italy playing Turkey as the, the first game. It's going to be a fun one. Who do you have winning it? Or who would you pick? If you had to pick one team, I know it all, it, it all changes when, when it gets into the group stages, but who, if you had to pick one gun to your head, who are you taking? Man, this is the problem. My my heart tells me Germany. I, I love watching the DFB play. I think their style of play is so much fun to watch. But my gut tells me France. With and then my back. intuition tells me against France because I'm like, how, how likely is it? I'm, I know Spain did it in 2010 and 2012, mm. winning the Euro and the World Cup. I, I don't know. It's just like now with Deschamps flirting around with putting Benzema up top instead of People forget the unsung hero, Olivier Giroud, most handsome man in Europe. <laughs> and He's a Chelsea guy. That's the only reason. Benzema's much he better. Is. He's seven goals away from being France's leading scorer, though. Actually, I think he cut yeah, but you're, you're not in it because he scored a brace the other day. Okay, but you're in it to win it. Benzema gives you a better chance to win. See, I don't know if I agree with that, though. If you have so much pace down the wings – in Mbappe and Griezmann, you need someone that's going to go up and be a clinical finisher, like it, just in the air. It's better. He's better at heading, right? He has a much bigger aerial threat. But that being said, too, I'm just like, I don't know. I think this Euro is incredibly well balanced. But then, I kind of liked Spain a little bit. I wasn't too certain about them, and now, hell no, throw them out. They just got. I don't know how much you guys saw. Um, Sergio Busquets tested positive for coronavirus. Their whole thing was shut down yesterday. So now they're deciding, oh, are we going to have to vaccinate the whole team? And this is the first time I thought we were going to make it through the Euros, no problem without the show. Whatever. I don't know. Back to your original question, though. My gut just tells me Germany. I think it's going to be the perfect way for Love to hand off the reins to Hansi Flick, who, by the way, that was the – Biggest hire, I think, in this offseason is Bayern losing Flick and him going to the DFB. I think Germany's, of course, going to continue to be a powerhouse for a long time to come. But Hansi Flick is one of the, if I won't say if, but he is one of the best managers in the world, in my opinion. Well, 
Albright, you seem like you're on cloud nine. I mean, <laughs> the Chels won the Champions League, and then the U.S. takes home the International Cup, and now it's football season, and the Browns are actually favored to win the division for the first time since the AFL-NFL merger. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but probably. Honestly, probably. I was going to roll with it, too. <laughs> I mean, it sounds believable. but You had me sold. Real quick, <laughs> real quick, Albright, so we got to get out of here, but just give me your prediction for the season. What's the record going to be? Where are they finishing in the, uh, the division? Oh, God. Again, I – it looks like they have like it looks like they, realistically yeah right the inner monologue in me is telling me oh, maybe five and twelve <laughs> that's just the realism but i don't know i i really like when looking at the schedule i thought there were maybe 11 like really they should or at least 50 50 games mm-hmm. and then six of them i'm like all right they're going to drop a few games here and there but, man, one, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this 17-game season. This is yeah. going to be interesting. It's weird. I, I don't really like the even number. I don't like the fact that you can't go 500, but that's just me liking simple numbers. Yeah. I mean, playoffs are a must for where they are right now. Okay. We'll just take it there. So, what are yeah. you putting on it? If they don't make the playoffs, what are you doing? You sitting in Waffle House with Bernetti for 24 hours? <laughs> oh, man. We'll, we'll stream the whole thing, too. <laughs> All right. If the Browns don't make the playoffs, Albright's sitting in Waffle House for 24 hours. Uh, it's, <laughs> they got to win the division. I mean, that's they've had an amazing offseason. You have Stefanski's offense for a second year, so Baker should theoretically right. get better. You have OBJ coming back. Like, there's – all the pieces are in line. But somehow the Browns are going to disappoint. So let's let's find a way. Let's let's figure out how they're going to disappoint. And don't there's something different in the air coming off Lake Erie, Bernetti, <laughs> and you might not see it now, but there's something different going on in Berea, Ohio. Yeah, it's smoke. Nobody's ever seen smoke coming from a body of water except in Cleveland. That comes off the river, <laughs> not the lake. That's the river. They're two different things. <laughs> All right, Albright. Thank you for coming on, my man. Go Chels, and uh, hopefully the Browns disappoint. Up the shelves, boys. Come on. All right. Later, man. Okay. Thank you, Tyler Albright, the birthday boy, for joining us on the podcast at the tail end here just to give us a little bit of taste of victory. Uh, Burnett and I don't ever really experience that with our professional teams, so it's nice to at least get to live vicariously through Albright's teams. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be a Chelsea one fan team. now. <laughs> it was a victory for me, too. Well, we're going to finish out the pot here real quick with a little bit of uh, some speed topics. We're going to do Julio Jones and the Titans, some NBA finals talk, our, our predictions, and then we'll uh, obviously finish out with our red form and dumbass of the week. Bernetti, Julio Jones and the Titans, yay or nay? Yay, definitely for the Titans. I really didn't understand this move for the Falcons. I don't know. I mean, you have, you have Arthur Smith, so there, there's an obvious connection as to like how that trade happened, but you get – what a second, a fourth, and a sixth for a top five wide receiver. Ooh, I don't know if he's top five anymore. One healthy is top five. I don't think so. Okay, top even top seven. Top I seven think, receiver. I think I feel like the value is like kind of pr- okay. Like there. So what I don't understand is you pass on Justin Fields and who else was left? Matt Mac Jones. You pass on those two quarterbacks, you draft Kyle Pitts, but then you trade away 
your best wide receiver, it's like they're yeah, just going to go back to being very – they're yeah. going to go back to – they're not a contender. Like, this did not make Atlanta better at all. Getting a second-round pick does not – like, if you're going to trade Julio and you really want to make this work with Matt Ryan, you need to get an asset out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. That's fair. They're not going to they're not going to contend for shit anymore. I think Julio – let's talk more Julio to the Titans, though, because that's obviously going to be the more relevant team. I like it, too. I saw Sportsline put out their projections and – Julio increased their win total by like half a game, 0.7 games, something like that. That's a pretty significant increase. However, their odds didn't move very much. So their over-under is still at nine. They're still plus money to win the division. Their over-under is a nine? Yeah, dude. I you think, gotta pound that. I well, gotta look at their schedule, but it's hard. It's really hard. So I'm kind of thinking I'm thinking the Titans might regress a little bit, even with Julio. You think Derrick Henry runs for 2,000 yards again? Yeah. Really? You think he puts I on mean, like a top three running back performance of all time again? Well, he's going to put up numbers. He's going to be great. The guy, the guy is like phenomenal. I think he, he has at least one more season in him. How old? He's 27. Uh, I don't know. He's been in the league. He's been in the league as long as Zeke has. Is there the same draft class? But let me run through the Titans' schedule real quick. So they have their division games, obviously. So they play the Colts, Jags, and uh, Texans twice each. Yeah, so that's that's – they're going to win four – I think they can go four and two in those. Yeah, and then after that, their out-of-conference games are Cardinals, Seahawks, Jets, uh, Bills, Chiefs, Rams, Saints, Pats – Steelers, Niners, Dolphins, and that's it. Yeah, right around nine. That I, I gave them nine there that I'm pretty confident in, and it just turns out, like, can they beat, like, the Cardinals? But, dude, they got to play the NFC West, which they could lose all four games there. So, hot take, Seattle's – got to play the Chiefs and the Bills. Seattle's not going to be as good. Yeah, but is the Titans' defense going to be any good? No, so that's the issue with the, the Titans is their defense is, is dog water. It's all Yeah, I don't know, dude. I Maybe we just bet a lot of, like, team total overs for the Titans. It's going to adjust, though. Yeah. Yeah, it might have to just jump on that early. But it really comes down to Tannehill. And if Tannehill I mean, can spread out – I mean, they, they got – It's so going to be – it's going to be a fun offense to watch, that's for sure. It's going to be electric. Yeah. I'm hitting yeah. that over. They'll hit all over. All right. Me. Yeah, I think they will too. But their over/under last year, I think, was nine. And but there's another with, game. That's what I'm saying. Doesn't it seem like a fishy line? I mean, they got it. They got a really good coach in Variable. They their they do quarterback's one of the most. Their quarterback might be the most underrated quarterback, or maybe yeah. he's properly rated because we've all they, been saying he's underrated now. But like, yeah. they, they lost their coordinator though. Yeah, they did. Which, I mean, we'll see how, how their deal. offense looks, but. Yeah, with Jul- well, you can't go wrong with Julio and AJ. Julio, AJ Brown, and Derrick Henry is a pretty damn good skill position group. Well, that'll be really interesting to see. Let's talk some NBA Finals predictions real quick. We will talk more about the NBA playoffs in future pods for sure. But this one's a little special. We had a champion on at the end, and uh, we had a couple championship music performers there as well join us for about 40, 45 minutes. That was amazing. So we're going to talk some champs in the NBA right now. NBA Finals predictions, Bernetti. You got the Bucks uh, down 0-2 to the Nets already. They haven't even really put up a fight. The Hawks Sixers looks like it might shave up to be a pretty good series. 
And then the Jazz squeak out game one, and the Suns play game two tonight on Wednesday. It's going to be an interesting finals. Part of me feels like the Nets are just going to, like, kill everybody. Yeah, I have a future on the Suns and the Nets. That's my prediction. I, I think the, the Suns, Chris Paul just adds so much to that team. If you watch the fourth quarter against Denver, he just took it over and won that game for his team. Then you have Devin Booker who can go out and score 50 for you. So I really yeah. like them. It's going to be interesting. I think they might win in five, the Suns. I think the Jazz Clippers are going to seven. Philly is going to win in six. And then I think the Nets are winning in four. I think the Nets win in five. I think the Bucs get one. I mean, th- this is the one that they need to win, but the Bucs need to win the next two games in order to stay in the series, and I just don't yeah. see it happening. No, nah, the Nets are definitely winning this series. I'm going to go with the Hawks winning uh, the next series in an upset. And then the Hawks, dude, they were down by one in that third quarter after coming back, and then, and then they just gave up. An, well, yeah, they gave up another huge run. Mm-hmm. So if they could – they can limit those runs. It, I mean, they might be the better team. I don't know. Well, they they can't beat the Nets though. I think the Sixers. No, I don't think a, they can be the Nets. I think the Sixers have the only chance, out of especially out of the East. We'll see when it comes to the West. They have the only chance in the East to beat them because Joel Embiid. Yeah, and then I'm with you. I think the Suns come out of the West, but I was pretty low on the Jazz, and then they won last night, and they didn't even play that well. And but the the Clippers kind of like well either. Yeah, but the Jazz were like, what were they, like four of 20 from three at one point? Yeah, but – And, like, they still won. Playoff P really showed show his true colors. He just wasn't great. Yeah, Kawhi wasn't that great either, which yeah. that, that definitely won't happen. Also, Serge Ibaka will come back during this series, so I think that that's going to extend it. And it was in Utah, even though being in the Staples Center doesn't give the Clippers a huge advantage because yeah. no one's really a Clippers fan. But So, I guess the – uh, 3M Sports Podcast is going with the Suns-Nets finals. That'd be a fun finals, too. Yeah, and We'd be all be rooting for Chris. I feel like we'd all be rooting for Chris Paul. Yeah, oh, definitely. I love Chris Paul. I've always been a Chris Paul guy. And hopefully he can just stay healthy for the first time ever. I know, yeah. We, he almost did it. And then he, he battled back like a two yeah. bulldog. Little pit bull. All right. The prestigious award we hand out every podcast, the Red Foreman Dumbass of the Week. I have one strong nominee that I – would like to entertain Bernetti. Do you have any for me first? What about, can we just give it to the fans at, at um, just fans in general, actually, because. Um, yeah. A lot of dumb fan stuff. A lot like, of dumb. If fan you watch stuff. the USA Mexico, Mexico game, that was kind of disgraceful. Like USA scored. And then you just have a ton of fans throwing like beer and everything. And so one of the fans threw, it was like a thing of beer and a hit one of our players in the face and what, oh, it, what, it, and our, what our player did, which is genius. Like it wasn't even, it wasn't a bottle. It was like a, a plastic glass or cup. He, he got hit and he just fell down and acted like he was hurt for the next three <laughs> minutes. So it, I mean, it hurt that it hurt Mexico because they were down three, two at that point and they needed to score a goal. So like, <laughs> it really ended up hurting the team. Well, that's a good nominee. I would like to nominate your boy, Mr. Garrett Cole. Oh, Did you yeah. see yeah, that was his so bad, press man. conference? So Garrett Cole is asked if he's essentially cheating using the spider tack that's apparently going around the MLB. And if you don't follow the MLB very much, here's the breakdown of it. I love the MLB, by the way. So I will talk about this for forever. But essentially, there's a 
cheating pandemic and going around in baseball that all these pitchers are using these foreign uh, specially concocted substances to gain spin rates on their fastballs and off-speed pitches that will essentially allow your fastball to move more and go like travel faster. And it will also allow your breaking balls to break a lot harder. So Garrett Cole got called out by Josh Donaldson earlier this week uh, saying that he knows that they do it, but he also knows that a bunch or he knows that Garrett Cole does it, but he also knows a bunch of other people do it. So a reporter a couple of days ago asked Garrett Cole about these allegations of him using spider tack. And he goes, I, uh, I, uh, I don't really know how to answer that. A lot of, uh, a lot of things get passed down between generations in baseball. So he's essentially like, he's essentially like, yeah, I fucking use it. And I'm really good because of it, but I can't admit that dude. He had two routes that would have just literally absolved him of anything. One, just lie. People lie to the media all the time. Just say, no, I don't use it. Like I don't like my the fastball. Lie. Okay. Well then you might like my other, my other point, but well, we lying would just be better than him. Just be like, uh, uh, he, he handled that so poorly. It was hilarious to me because Garrett Cole is like the second best pitcher in the league. And he should essentially just be like, this is bullshit. Like I'm so good because I'm good. Not because I use this spider tack stuff. But he also could have just said, you know what? Yeah, like sometimes I use substances to throw balls because every pitcher does it. And like the MLB has been notified multiple times. They've failed to do anything about it. So if all these other pitchers are going to use it, then I'm going to use it too. And don't look at me like this, this stuff has been going around the league for forever. But instead he just shit the Well, bed. yeah, every pitcher – I feel like every pitcher uses it. Not every pitcher. So – so here's the deal. Pitchers have used like pine tar and yeah, obviously that's the illegal, bags out there. Yeah. But so what pine tar does is it just allows for better grip. Mm-hmm. Like pine tar is not going to do anything to your spin rates. What these guys are doing is they're going and making their own substances. Like they're, it'd be essentially going out there and getting a drug that can make you throw harder. And so that allows, it somehow allows your fingers like stick to the ball better and the ball rolls off your fingers better. And so what'll happen is that'll cause Garrett Cole's fastball to go from like 95 to 97 with movement. And then it'll cause his breaking pitches just absolutely drop. Trevor Bauer has been vocal that like he has reported stuff like this to the league. They said they weren't going to do anything about it. So he was like, fine, I'm going to use it too. So I don't like Trevor Bauer anymore. I mean, he's at least brutally honest. Yeah. He's just annoying. Yeah, sure. Maybe, but he's good for baseball. Yeah. And again, he's brutally honest. He just calls it how it is almost all the time. So Garrett Cole is my nominee for the Red Foreman Award. But wait, well, let's put Aaron Boone there also. Why? For just being a terrible manager. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think the Yankees actually have that good of a team. Well, yeah, we can put Cashman there too. Yeah, I would put Cashman over Booney. I think Booney's taking way too much heat. Well, Booney is just told that he has to listen to whatever Cashman says. Yeah, Booney's a puppet right now because he's really not is. doing well. So they're not letting him do anything. And he's taking all the heat, which kind of sucks. I'm going to give it to the fans because as much as I love messing with Garrett Cole, like he's an amazing pitcher. And it's like one oh, – also with the Garrett Cole thing, 
after these allegations came out, he had his next start, and it was like the worst start he's had in like three years. So clearly, he, he wasn't shelled. using. Yeah, he wasn't using his sticky substance there. So that's another like red herring. But we're gonna give it to the fans because Garrett Cole's still a beast. It's one start. I mean, sometimes you just get shelled, and you just can't behave like fans are right now, Bernetti. Like people are throwing shit at players. They're dumping popcorn popcorn on Russ when he's like walking out of the tunnel injured like it's horrible it's embarrassing like these players are humans and we want to treat them as such like they entertain us that's their job to entertain us so we have I feel like as fans we have to reciprocate that respect and also you're not going to go up to Russ and throw popcorn on him if, if it's just you and him walking down right the like he's it's the, the softest move just because you can hide behind like a ton of people in a stadium doesn't give you the right to go and just throws things at players. Like you are literally paying to watch them because it's entertaining. And we as fans get to enjoy them and the player. It's like a reciprocal thing. Stop, stop interfering in a game. Like just stop. It's, it's all pathetic. those people should, it's yeah, all those people should, I'm glad that they're getting banned. Like ban them from the, every NBA stadium. Don't allow them to come anymore. Beat them up, do whatever. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it just sucks because this shit happens all the time, too. Like, it, it's not just now. Like, fans act inappropriately, have acted inappropriately countless of times before 2021. It just, it's kind of surprising how often it's happening right now. Like, it's like yeah. one incident after the other. And it's probably because people have been caged up for so long that they just feel like they're on top of the world. They can do whatever they want. They're free now. That's just not how it is. Like, come on. I have a solution. Let me hear it. So if you're a fan and you're throwing the, like you're throwing stuff at the players, you're probably pretty low. So instead of banning them from stadiums, whatever they threw at the player, you have, you hire a hundred people. And when they're at their job, you just randomly throw that at back at them. See how they like it. <laughs> Who's paying for that? <laughs> the NBA. <laughs> so here, NBA, you're punished. Control your fans. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll start an independent uh, company that, that goes in and just, <laughs> Just, People would fund the shit out of that GoFundMe. Yeah, <laughs> just the dude who threw a water bottle like Kyrie's just getting pelted with like <laughs> gonna, 17 Dasani yeah. bottles. And he's not going to know when. He's just getting hit like 100 times a day <laughs> until, he's, until he wins his last game. It's like a Monday morning. He's got a big meeting and he's like, fuck, I think it's pegged. <laughs> well, a huge presentation. We'll give it to the fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely clobbered. Well, we'll give it to the fans. They deserve it. I mean, it's tough to win the dumbass of the week, so you got to do something spectacular. Bernetti, thank you for joining me late on the pod. I'm sorry you didn't get to join the right music boys. It was a good pod or it was a good interview. This was a great podcast. Like I said, in the middle and at the top, please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 3MB Sports and subscribe and rate us on Spotify and Apple Pods. That's all we got for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed Right Music. I hope you enjoyed Albright. And uh, Right Music is going to play us out now with their hit song, Explained. We will see you guys later. Remember, it's not gambling if you know what's going to happen. Peace. Come here and join me I'm rolling down the road With my windows down
my music's loud I got nowhere else to go And then the groove takes over my body